Ladies and gentlemen, yes, this is your favorite show, Sports Unfolded, with your favorite host, Eric and Ron. Hey, welcome to Sports Unfolded, episode 15 of season two, Jackie's Day. So, very big day in Major League Baseball today. I'm your host, Eric, main man right there. Ron, how are you? I'm doing okay. So much to unfold this week, my friend, as usual. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. It was probably one of the toughest weeks where I couldn't even decide what stories I wanted to cover first. But we're going to start off with our leadoff story, and that's Derek Carr who signed a three-year contract extension with the Las Vegas Raiders. What does this mean for the future of the Ra- Raiders franchise? Do you feel like this was a, a good move for the team or something that they might have uh, overstretched on? Um, No, I think it's good. Look, you know, I never understood why there was all the talk previous of last season that they needed to replace Carr or he was getting shipped out. Or, you know, Carr has done okay. Like he throws, he throws a lot of yards every year and, you know, he finally had, you know, some complimentary players around him on both sides of the ball. And, you know, and, and I think he proved to to everybody that he can get it done. You know, he, he was not the reason why they didn't, you know, go to the Super Bowl. You know, they just didn't have enough pieces, you know, so, to do it. Uh, obviously, we know what they've done in the offseason. They bulked up, got Devontae Adams, did some, you know, big moves right. on defense. Um, the thing I would have questioned, though, three, yeah, 121 million doesn't seem like a lot for a, a, a quarterback of his caliber, considering what quarterbacks are getting paid. The no trade clause kind of bothered me a little bit yeah. from a team standpoint of if he's struggling and he still has some value, the fact that you can't move on from him, that concerns me. He does lead the Raiders all-time in passing yards and passing touchdowns with 31,700 yards passing and 193 touchdown passes. So he And he's a three-time Pro Bowler. So we look at what he's been for that organization. Here's where, when I think about the future, and my concern would be, he's only been in one playoff game. And that was last season against Cincinnati, which we know what happened. So in eight years, he has not been able to get them to the promised land, to a Super Bowl or close to it. That would be concerning to me that you're tying three years now into this guy. What if all this talent and he's still the guy that can't get past the first round of the playoffs? Look, in his in his defense, like, really, what did he have, you know, the past season's that he could have been expected to win a Super Bowl. You know, like, I mean, you just look at the coaching, you know, for yeah, the, you know, the past few seasons, yeah. you know. Um, I do like what, you know, they did last year after Gruden was tossed aside. You know, um, they that's probably one of the things that rallied around 
you know, Carr and, and the rest of the cast of, of players that they have, you know, to, to go to the playoffs, you know, that was, that was, you know, not even thought of possible for the Raiders last year. It was not, it's not a thought. No, you know, we, we so, expected them to collapse once that whole situation right, came up. Right, and, and then and then you still didn't. got that in the Henry Rugg situation. Right. That all came within a, a couple of weeks of each other. So um I, I understand, but look, they're I, gonna give this guy a chance. You know, it's almost like he's starting over, you know, from from last year to now, you know, he's starting over. They're they're wiping out what has happened, you know, previous, you know, John Gruden and before. You know, they're wiping that out. Clean slate. You are a playoff team. You improved the team this year. There is Super Bowl hope now. Okay. So, new coach comes in. Josh McDaniels gets a team handed to him on a silver platter. You know, I don't know if he's ever had this good of a team. Ever. And you had Tom Brady. That says a lot. So, you know, he's got three years. They give they giving Carr three years to win a Super Bowl, and if he can do it, then great. If not, then then they move on. No, Manny and just. And I think it, that's a good. You. Yeah, I th- I think that that kind of legitimized his position with the Raiders. You know, because like. You know, they understand what the team was like before. They understand yeah. that. This is a team that is being responsible for for what they've put on the field. And they took a good look at their team and they made all these changes and said, you know what? We could win with him. Let's put the pieces around him and hope that Josh McDaniels comes in and, you know, fulfills what the expectations are of him. If it doesn't get done, they're going to do both at probably the same time. I think they're giving them both three years. No, so Manny just joined. He, he chimed in, and I, I, I agree with him. Look, he's probably the fourth best quarterback in the in the division. That's the scary part of this. So even with the team they've built around him, if you look at what all the other teams have done, or how talented they are on that side of the ball, he could be the fourth best quarterback. If they finish in fourth, oh, and I'm not doubting that. I, record, I probably think he is. And if they don't get to the playoffs, I'm just saying, how much time do you, uh, money did you invest in a guy that hasn't shown that he could? Listen, Denver grabs Russell Wilson, at least has been to two Super Bowls, won one of them. Patrick Mahomes has been to two Super Bowls, won one of them. Right? We know that they're young in in Los Angeles with the Chargers, and it's going to take time for that to take off but they've built a, a strong team around him as well. So he may be the fourth best quarterback in this division and not get to the playoffs. And ultimately you're stuck with him for three years. But I'll but tell I'll you what, what, or three additional years. Being the fourth best quarterback does not eliminate them from a Super Bowl contender. No, no, it's just, again, will these teams end up being, you know, I, look, I like the Raiders in that division to win the division. I do. I like the, I like what they built. Um, you know, that defense is going to be no joke. Yeah. Justin Herbert, again, to me is, is the key to this whole division, because again, if that kid takes the next step, you already got two 
superstar quarterbacks. Yeah, he takes that lead. Let's face it, Eric. This AFC is not what we are used to. You know, we're used to like the AFC having the Chiefs and the Patriots with Tom and Mahomes. That's what we're used to. And it's like every year, it's like okay, you know, it's going to be one of them coming out. Now, look, you got Buffalo, you've got Cincinnati, and now, you know, with Cleveland getting Watson, don't know how many games he's going to play, if at all, if at all, you know, but, you know, you can't discredit Baltimore. You know, this is this is a, a conference that is stacked. Yeah. And let me tell you, there are 10... 10 teams that could legitimately win the AFC. And the Raiders are one of them. And I think they've got, I think they, they have a more complete team than what people realize. You know, look, everybody's, everybody's saying how Derek Carr is the fourth best quarterback in that division. Most likely. And you know what? They're probably right. You know, but, but, He's going to have a good, you know, offensive-minded coach that's coming in, you know, to be the head coach. I don't know how much game calling he's going to do, but, you know, I think he can put him in a position to excel. He's done it before. He did it with Mac Jones last year. Yeah. So... Uh, look, I have, I, I, I really, truly you told me that... you aren't going to have anything positive for this show today. And look at you. You are on this rate of bandwagon. I am. You are I'm on the rate of bandwagon. I love, I love it. I love it. Let's talk about some other NFL news though. Cause, uh, uh, and here it comes to crash and burn. A, a, another a former Patriot, Stefan Gilmore, who obviously was traded last year to the Carolina <clears throat> Panthers, uh, signed a two year contract with the Indianapolis Colts. Do you like the move? For the Colts? For the Colts. Yeah. I mean, it, it can't hurt. You know, right. like, look, the Colts, the Colts are a contender as well. You know, yes. Okay, so it's Ryan at quarterback. I like Ryan better than what they had. That he's better than Carson Wentz. Ryan uh, is but, not going to choke in the last two games yeah. against bad teams. But do you feel like they've gotten older and it hurts like, listen, Gilmore, 2020, he played 11 games with New England. Yeah. He had one interception. Last year, eight games, two interceptions with Carolina. He hasn't played a full season the last two years. No. Nope. Now you got him a, a two-year contract. Questions, again, about health with him at this yep. point. Hence why New England and him didn't see eye to eye because New England wasn't going to give him a big contract. The way I look at it is he's they're adding him in. Okay, they didn't just like go out and just like decimate their secondary and replace them with Gilmore. They they just added them in, and I, I just feel where they're at and what they're trying to do. I would have gotten a wide receiver or something to that effect Look, to go I with get the it. I get it. That makes but more sense. To adding me. a cornerback is big, and I think he can still. I think he can still play the game. He's not, he might not be able to cover the top guy on all these teams because some of them are really, really good, you know. 
he, he might have problems playing against like a Cincinnati. Yeah, against a Jamal you know, or Yeah, he, he's going to have a problem playing the Raiders. You know, but I think all in all, on most of the teams, he's going to be okay. You know, and he's still going to be better than what they had. And that's still, you know, a scary offense. And Ryan is a little more um, stable as a quarterback, you know, for at least one year. Yeah. And I don't know how long they plan on keeping Ryan as their starter. You know, I think they should have gone out and maybe done something else, but they did try. I, th I think at some point you have to take your lumps and them just continuing to do what they've done. So the last three years in Indianapolis, you went from, you know, Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz, not a Matt Ryan. Again, you're getting these aging quarterbacks or guys that have had injury. Oh, yeah. Situation. Oh, look, oh, oh, I hope it crashes and burns for them because I really don't like Indianapolis. <laughs> you know, I think the owner is a, is yeah, not a good owner, yeah, and I don't want to see them having success. Sorry, Indianapolis yeah. fans out there, Tez, if you are watching, you know, look, I don't, I don't like them, you know. But again, adding Gilmore is better than not adding him, and it will help. Okay, all right, I agree. I can see, I can see your side of it. Let's talk about another former Carolina Panther. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play some audio of uh, Cam Newton, who was on a podcast recently, uh, and made some some comments. So we're just gonna listen to about a minute and change of this. Uh, hey, I gotta I gotta get a puke bucket. And then uh, and then we'll 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 kind of evaluate what we heard afterwards. Oh, I oh I got an evaluation. I had a, a perfect a perfect example of what a man was in my life by my father. My parents have been together for 36, 37 years now, and it's, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I grew up in a three-parent household, my mom, my father, and my grandmother. And uh, I knew what a woman was, not a bad bitch. Okay, what's the difference? A woman. Okay. A bad bitch is a person who's just, you know, girl, I'm a bad bitch. You know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I, I, I. I looked apart, but I don't act apart. Okay. You know, and it's a lot of women who are bad bitches. And I say bitches in, in, in a way not to degrade a woman. Oh, no. But just to 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 go off the aesthetic of what they deem is a boss chick. Mm -hmm. Now, a woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's oh. needs. Right. And I think a lot of times when you get that aesthetic of like, I'm a boss, bitch, like I'm a this, I'm a dad. No, baby. Like, but you can't cook. OK. You don't know. You don't know when to be quiet. You don't know how to allow a man to lead. So that was one Cam Newton uh, again recently was on a podcast. Uh, those are his comments, Ron. I know you feel pretty strongly about it. I have several words I'd like to say as well, but I will allow you to 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 have the first crack at this cam newton okay so first thing off the top of the list is what he calls women that is he's a despicable human being okay he is not a man he didn't grow up with three parents in that house there was one parent and that was an overbearing father to the women in the family 
and he takes right after him. He is he is sick in the head. And if he if he continues this, I hope he never plays again. I do not like the man. I think he's the bitch. I would say this. Look, at the end of the day, uh, he has, I'm sure, daughters or female, other females in his life that I would hope he would expect that when they grow up and get older, that they have a say in their life and what ultimately happens to them. I think women are extremely strong. Um, I believe that it's a partnership at, at always in a relationship, and there's not one side that's dominant to the other. If it's going to work, it's going to work because both sides decide to make it work and not that one side decides what I'm saying or what I do is ultimately what is going to be, you know, the mantra. And that's I, to me, I, I don't even understand the thinking behind what he decided to say and do because it, it, it just goes to show that ultimately at the end of the day, you complain about not wanting to play uh, or wanting to play football and you continue to do stuff like this. Nobody's going to even want to touch you. There's not going to be a single team that's going to want to put that player on the field now and have, again, female fans who he re referred to as bitches. And I want to see how they would feel about trying to, you know, basically cheer on this guy if he was on their team, knowing how he feels about women, that they should just be quiet and listen to what he has to say. I, you know, Eric, I've never liked him. Never liked him. There's always something off about him, you know, ever since he came into this league. You know, he's self-entitled, you know, the, the whole thing about not diving on that football, you know, you're trying to win a Super Bowl. You know, don't be a coward. That's a coward, you know. And I was, I was, you know how I felt when the Patriots signed him. You know how I felt. That was... That was brutal. That was a brutal time for me to be a Patriot fan. And the best day in the world is when Mac Jones came into town. Because then I knew, I knew he was out the door and I was glad because he's nothing but a scumbag to me. Yeah. Nothing no, but a scumbag. I, I agree. Listen, I have daughters. Um, I would, I've always encouraged them to be the strong one of, of the family. To me, that makes the most sense. A, a, a healthy household is when a, a, a woman can have a say in whatever happens because ultimately uh, you keep them happy as well. It just makes everyone's life so much easier because listen, they're just as valued and I don't understand it. I, he just basically devalued women completely by yeah. those comments. And I, you know what, if I'm the NFL, I would honestly, even if he comes back, that's to me a suspension or a fine. Yeah. I hope and so. Not that that, I, I hope so. That, that replaces what he said, but um, I knew how passionate you were about this uh, topic and I wanted to make sure we got it covered today. Oh, believe uh, me, I could go on and on about no, this. And listen, I think we, we realize what kind of person he is and, and you know what, the more he makes comments, the, the worse it seems to be getting. <laughs> So, you know, we know what he is at this point, and I'm sure that no team will pick him up. I would almost guarantee it. So um, let's uh, move on to our triple play. Let's talk about a little bit of hockey, my friend, because I know that this show's got a lot of hockey. We're going to have to talk a lot of hockey now. Um, but we're going to talk about the Calgary Flames, who have three players who are in the top five in the plus-minus category in the NHL. So we're going to decide which of these three we're going to start, bench, and cut. And that would be Johnny Goudreau, uh, Elias um, 
Oh, Lindholm and um, Matthew, Matthew Kachuk. Kachuk. So I'm sorry, I had a bug come flying. <laughs> I mean, uh, live TV. See. Uh, so let's uh, let's go. You're first this week, my friend. So who are you starting? Who are you benching? And who are you cutting? All right. So you know, I've been on this Calgary bandwagon um, all year long. Um, I thought they underachieved last year, and they're putting it together this year. And I'm glad that they're going for it. Um, this to me was easy. Okay. Um, first of all, I'm starting Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey. Um, of the three, he's the only one that averages more than a point per game in his career. Um, he is a plus 76 for his career. So obviously like 55 or whatever it is, is from this year. Um, and you know, so he's having a great year, 36 goals, you know, what a season he's having. Um, he could be, could be in line for an MVP. It's, it's possible that he pulls it off. That guy's having a good season though. It's going to be tough. Yes, it is. Um, so that was the easy one. Um, act frankly, benching Matthew Kachuk was also easy. Uh, the distance between him and Lynn Holm are too good, especially when you just look at that plus minus. Yeah. Um, Kachuk is a 76 for his career for plus minus, and Lynn Holm with his plus 50 something, he's only a plus 14 for his career. So he's been a negative player every other year. <laughs> this, this has been the um, Yeah, so he's having his first really good stellar year, and they should be happy about that. But um, to me, it's no competition. I'm going Goudreau, Kachuk, and Lindholm is getting cut. All right. So uh, we agreed. We agreed. I went Goudreau. Um, again, 34 goals, 67 assists, 101 points. <laughs> Plus 55. So he's not only just scoring goals. Out of the three, he's got the least amount of goals. But then, obviously, the most assists. I'm an assist guy. I like a guy that's going to get everybody involved. He's still getting his goals, but he's getting everybody involved. So I, yeah. I benched Kachuk. Um, and I just like the fact that, again, 55 assists. And when you look at assists, to me, that's more important and more valuable. He's got 37 goals, but 55 assists, which is uh, ahead of Lindholm, who has 30, 38 goals. And 36 assists. Uh, so, again. The oh, player, having a great year. Yeah, he's a plus 52. He's ahead of Kachuk when it comes to plus minus this season. But, ultimately, I looked at that assist total and I said, how do you not say yeah. that he's more valuable? And I would keep Well, uh, and also, Kachuk's game, you know, I mean, if you know anything about his dad, like, there's he, some good bloodlines yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's – it's – there's no miss there. Can I, I can I Kachuk say this? Is, How is old are we getting, Ron? Because if you look at even baseball with like the Blue Jays, yes, right, and, and or even San Diego with Tatis, and it's like I remember all the their fathers, their fathers playing, and now, yes. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, look at us. <laughs> yeah, we're yep. getting old. We're getting old, buddy. We watch their fathers yep. play. But uh, let's talk some NBA. Now NBA. let's bring up uh, Mr. One. Uh, Jason Tatum there, he's high five in uh I know how much you love Kyrie. So I we, I said that would be a perfect picture for Ron. <laughs> but should the Boston Celtics be concerned about their first round matchup 
with the Brooklyn Nets. We talked about it at length of them possibly trying to tank their second seed to get to the third seed. They ultimately won the second seed. Brooklyn won their first round matchup with semi-ease. Possible Ben Simmons return for the Brooklyn Nets as well. He's talking maybe game four, five, or six, depending if it goes that long. How concerned are you about facing the Brooklyn Nets as a Boston Celtic fan? Look, yeah, I mean, you got to take them serious. I mean, you're not you're not facing a seven seed. You're really not. You're facing a top three seed. So in this aspect, yes, I think the Celtics kind of got raked over the coals on this one, you know, because, you know, Brooklyn just floated through the season. You know, injuries and Irving, you know, all his drama. Um <laughs> You know, it, it's it doesn't sit well for me. I think they're not. I don't think they're going to be able to turn it on in a, a best of seven series. Um, and I don't think Ben Simmons is really even a factor. He hasn't played a game in how long? Over June, a year. June twentieth, uh, two thousand twenty-one, uh, which right. was Game Seven of the NBA semifinals. Now I'm not taking this team lightly. By no means, because you got KD and you got Irving out there. And believe me, that is a handful. But I don't think that they turn it on and off like a faucet. And, you know, and I was thinking maybe they could, but even going down the stretch, they weren't that they weren't that good. Yeah, even when know? the two of them are together, we didn't see what or what we expected. My yeah, fear right. is that um the Celtics have to take the next step and be one of those teams that gets angry. And I don't know if they have the, the capability of doing that. And that's what's the, what my well, fear is. They should want to hate Kyrie Irving right now. I understand. Once it's the series over, everything moves on. But they, yeah, I don't want to see no high fives like that. Yeah, right. Like I don't want to see that. They've got to become the tough guys. There's still a shot that Robert Williams returns for Boston in this series. That would be crucial. That's the one thing that I'm a little concerned about because they can potentially be out rebounded really bad. You know, and you know, this is a different team though. Because I last week I'm ranting about the fact that uh I was so upset that they sat Tatum and they sat Hawford for the game against the Bucks, and then you look at what that team was able to do, they play very well together. And they almost came out of a win even in that game. So it's more of a team effort this year than I've ever seen in the past. It's not just about Tatum and Brown. They they stir the drink, but that drink, you know what I mean, has a lot of mixes in it. And all those guys, they're coming together. I still love the play of Smart. Like, to me, he's been – I think Smart has been their MVP. I really do. Between the passing, the, the, you know, the ball around, um, that – obviously solid defense you know and improved shot selection i mean that goes a long way and let me tell you he's the heart of that team and there's no substitution for somebody that's going to generate that kind of an atmosphere you know and so we're not i don't know i think they got i think they got what it takes we're not going to predict it because tune in tomorrow for our NBA playoff preview show with Kenny. Kenny will be joining us as well. So we're excited about that. 
And look at, at as soon as I speak, it comes to fruition. There it is. Kenny's on. But we will discuss all of the playoffs, including this matchup, and give our finals picks and the winner of the NBA title. And let's see. I'm I'm dying. Kenny Kenny's rooting right now. Lakers. Oh wait, they're not in it. Yeah, we're going to talk about them next, so can't wait. Uh, and I think Kenny's going to honestly, he's rooting for the Cavs today because that's his pick. For the I like thing. the Cavs. I'd like and to he, see the Cavs the game, Cavs. but I don't think they're going to beat Atlanta. <laughs> so let's talk about a team that uh, is no longer in the playoffs, and you brought him up, the Los Angeles Lakers, who fired Frank Vogel. Was he the biggest reason for the team's struggles this season? No. No, he's the scapegoat. He's the scapegoat. Look, it, it goes as far as this. We all know who the real GM of the team is, and that is LeBron James. Because DeRozan wanted to come to the Lakers, and LeBron said, no, I don't want him. I don't want him. You know, I want these guys. You know, he wants Westbrook. He wants Davis. He wants Carmelo. You know, that's what he wants, right? When What he wants, he gets. Because GMs don't have a spine when it comes to LeBron James. LeBron James hasn't been able to make a team. You know, when you go back to Miami, that wasn't LeBron that made that team. That was Dwayne Wade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was Dwayne Wade's team. I don't care what anybody says. He was the orchestrator of that. And you got a championship because of Dwayne Wade was there. And he was the one that was the, the, the catalyst of that he, team. He brought that team together. I, you know, I agree with that. Look, I mean, it is, it is that simple. And, yeah, he goes back to Cleveland, gets all nice and warm and cozy, brings them a championship after, you know, a couple of tries. You know, but again, was it really him that won the championship? No, that was Kyrie, and Kyrie was uh, yeah, again. and I exactly. That's the point I'm making. And, and again, so it's like Kevin Love to right. Kevin Love back then was a great player, and I think, I think he kind of lost that that touch because of an LeBron. ego. Yeah, because of LeBron. Yeah, but I looked at Frank Vogel. 1920, the year he got uh, so this 2019-20 season, he went 52-19, won the NBA title. That was the bubble year. They were in the bubble. Following year, they went 42 and 30, lost in the playoffs. This year, 33 and 49, didn't make the playoffs. LeBron James, the last three years though, first year Vogel's there, 67 games. Second year, 45 games. This year, 56 games. So you're talking about almost 30 games that LeBron missed. Anthony Davis, 62 games. I don't even think the bubble year was a full year as well because that was they had a condensed season. So they didn't play 82 games. No. 36 games the following year and 40 games this season. So the problem is, look, you got you got a guy. Look, Anthony Davis is a phenomenal player. He's, he's a superstar. He's what you call those unicorns, right? He can chew from outside. He can take you down low. He's six, you know, 10, 11, whatever he is. And he can do things that most guys at his size can't do. You know, the one thing, though, that some of those other guys can do is stay on the court. And with him not being on the court, you lose that unicorn. Then you've got a 37, 38-year-old 
superstar who's played for 20 plus years now. Who's obviously he's got miles on his, I mean, he went to the finals, what, six straight years. You're talking a lot of games. They didn't get young. They didn't. Snossage is joining. Thank you for joining. They they Welcome didn't. back. Yeah, right? They didn't get any younger. And you look at some of these old, younger kids that they got rid of and what, they were, what they're doing on other teams, that's what they needed. They needed guys that were sparks. And I'm going to say this. Rob Palenka, Jeannie Buss, you brought LeBron in, but you needed to tell him that it's your team. They clearly haven't done that. And Russell Westbrook is a is a guy that just cannot get along with anybody. He's been moved so many times now because if you're that talented, a lot of times, guy, you know, ownership, uh, managers, coaches, all these guys can just say, you know what, we could deal with it. Somehow they can't. He's he's been a he's been a thorn in everybody's side. It was such a bad move for them to pick him up to begin with, and then it fell apart. Uh, to me, he's the biggest reason. Because Westbrook didn't want it to work. Because when LeBron went out and AD's out, it's your team. And think about Captain Triple Double. He could have taken over and he decided he didn't want to. He just kept sloppy, careless. He didn't care about the coaching staff, the team, because it wasn't his team now. He wasn't the guy. This is his legacy. You know, it's a a guy that can't win a championship because he doesn't have a heart. Yeah, I, I listen. And, and there's still rumors out there that he might get traded to another. What what team in their right mind wants this guy on their team? I don't understand it. Nope. So I I, I don't get it. As much as I want to bl- bl- blame LeBron, I still think Russell Westbrook is See, the biggest. I only blame LeBron for putting the team together. Yeah. You know, look, LeBron James. You know, he's obviously skilled. You know. He's one of the best basketball players to ever play. You know, not the greatest. Not not the greatest. We're not doing this, We're not doing this today. Um, but, you know, he can play. But again, you know, I, I wonder about some of the choices that he made going down the stretch when you absolutely have to win. And you said, what do you, you do? You take You're a sitting on the bench. You Get in a- there. You know, LeBron James at 50% is better than anybody else on that team at full strength, pretty much. You know, so it's like, you know, and take the shot. Take the last shot. You know, you're in there. You could just do a reverse layup. No, but you kick it out to Westbrook, and he's going to miss. And he did. This is is the same pattern. This is what I'm saying. Think about this. LaMelo Ball in Chicago. Oh my God, he's having when, such a good shit. Yeah, but when he got hurt, so he got hurt. Now he's been out. Look at how much Chicago struggled. Yeah, and LeBron didn't want that guy on his team. This like, is what I'm saying. This is a guy that would have taken so much pressure off of him. And then you get an aging Carmelo Anthony, who really we know what he is at this point. Look, he's 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 an old shooter who could never change his ways. No. We're going to talk about him in the pick and roll. He averaged two point, I think, five assists in his career. He doesn't pass. He's not going to get involved with anybody else involved. And he's not as good a shooter anymore. And this is what you wanted on your team. And this is 2. why you're going to keep struggling because yeah, was, of all, all these issues. It was 2.7 assists yeah. for his career. Yeah. That, look, you know, it, it's the same Sausage thing right that we see 
over and over with this team. Like we we can point it out. You know, they ship out LaMelo Ball. Why? Because you want these guys on your team, right? Well, imagine if they had DeRozan and LaMelo Ball on this team. Yeah. This team would be, you know, top four seeds easy. Even a guy like Caruso, he was a tough nose, hard nose, defensive guy. He made he did he does the dirty work. They don't have a guy that wants to get dirty over there in LA. They don't want to, they don't want to, no. they're not diving for balls. They're not trying to the extra, you know, take the charge. They're not doing any of that. No. You got a you got a whole team full of guys that didn't have heart. That's right. And guys that's that what you get. Play. Guys that can't play through an injury. <clears throat> and, and now you're stuck because it's gonna be so hard to A dump Westbrook. Who's going to touch Anthony Davis at this point when he's going to play, you know, half the season? If half the Valkyrie, season. thanks for joining. Oh, Valkyrie. I, I just, it's just about, listen, we're not talking about the Lakers till our NBA pre, uh, the preview, season, preview show for show next now. season. We're done. I'm done. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. We've, we've completed, we're moving on to teams that are in, but let's talk some baseball, my friend. Baseball. So we're in, uh, week two here. And early struggles for Otani uh, on the season. So what about what we've seen from uh, Sheho Otani currently? Are we we a little concerned? Maybe we hype this kid up too fast? No. Look, you know, it's a short spring training for one. So we don't know how players are going to react to the – the early season. Making so, excuses now? No, I am not making excuses. This is just a fact. You know, okay. when you only have a, a couple of weeks to prepare, like most of these pitchers are are not ready. Okay. They're really so, not ready. I'm gonna give you the pitching numbers. ERA seven five six and eight point one innings, ten hits he's given up and fourteen strikeouts. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you the pitching. He's batting one seventy two with five hits, no home runs, no RBIs. So he's struggling on both ends. It's not just one. Yes, because now, you know, you know, the the pressing, you know, so you're struggling on the mound, which is what you're supposed to be doing the right. So he's not ready to pitch yet. So with that, now you take him and you put him on the offensive side and he's like, okay, so I'm not pitching well, so I need to hit. So he's pressuring himself. And it's causing, you know, a ripple effect, you know, in that. And you thought when Mike well. Trout comes back, you said it's going to take less, it takes pressure off of Otani okay. because now it gives you a guy in the, the lineup that you know is legitimately going to be able to hit. Yep. Yep. And he's struggling. And I think we have to honestly start to think is it better for him just to be a batter? Because I think the fact, especially with the short spring training, you can see that he didn't have enough time to prepare for both roles. Right. Maybe. And that's, and you're seeing that. And that's just it. See, you know, a pitcher coming in to the season, it's, it's already hard enough, you know, having that three week spring training, you got to get innings in, you gotta, you gotta get ready. You gotta figure out where the plate is. And, and they, they haven't had time. So a lot of pitchers are still struggling. I'm going to ask understandable. I'm going to ask you a crazy question. If you were the manager right now and they said, look, you got to pick one, is he going to be a pitcher or 
or a hitter? Which one do you get? Which one do you put them in? Okay, so this is what I do. This is what I do. First of all, I just have him on the mound right now. So he doesn't hit at all. So he you doesn't get that out of your lineup until until you get you know your stuff right on the mound and you get the innings in that you needed, like a spring training. I think you do you go with the the pitching aspect, get him ready there, and you know you you try to get through a few weeks, you know however long you know he needs to get his pitching right, and then you start taking some batting practice and stuff like that, and you do the batting later because okay. they still have some offensive weapons on that team, okay. and they can get by with the offense. All right. Okay. All right. I, I don't know if I agree with that one. I would. I keep the. That's bat. what I would do. I I, I prepare I that pitching average, first. I can get an average pitcher. I think he's much more valuable. You need a you need a an above average pitcher. I need a guy that's going to get me forty five home runs and a hundred RBIs. Those guys don't grow on trees. Um, yeah, they do. Okay, I don't know what tree you got. Is one of those trees in your backyard there? It is. It <laughs> okay, is. all right, all right. I got a so, pair of them. The man we're going to put up on the screen right now, obviously, um, no need to to even try to go through what he's meant to baseball, what he's meant uh, just in general when it comes to breaking barriers. Um, Seventy five year anniversary of Jackie Robinson, which is today is Jackie Robinson day in major league baseball. And I want to appreciate the fact of what he was able to do in, in being able to, to change, you know, so much in society when it came to, to baseball, but I'm also a little, you know, I would say upset about the fact that as I started to research this, we discovered that there's only two managers currently in Major League Baseball that are black, black managers. And that would be Dave Roberts and Dusty Baker. So there's still, if you think about where we are today as a society, how does something like this happen? We've talked about the same thing with the NFL, and now we're starting to see the same things with Major League Baseball, where there's black coaches or managers that are not getting opportunities. And it's just a shame because you want to celebrate this day because of all he's done for baseball and how he changed the whole, there was, we know there was a Negro league and baseball, right? They separated him. He was the first one to cross that line and he wasn't just crossing that line, but he was making an impact. You could see how good of a player he was. He was a phenomenal player. But he even said it back in 1972. They had him at the stadium, and he says when he's going to look over and he sees managers in the dugout is when he knows he finally, you know, broke that barrier completely. And we still don't see it. So do you feel like we should be celebrating Jackie Robinson, or should we be looking deeper into what might still be happening when it comes to to, to racism in baseball? I think you gotta got to look at um, the candidates. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know enough about the candidates for coaching and managers, um, as opposed to like the players. Like we know the players make up the majority of the league, to be honest with you. And you know, most players don't wind up being coaches. 
I mean, not in not in baseball. You know, like I, I look around and yes, you know, we do have some players that are coaches. We do. And it's usually, you know, guys like catchers, you know, that because they, they control the pitching. So they they know what they're seeing and what they're calling on games. And those guys seems to be the better candidates for for managers, you know, because, I mean, you look at A.J. Hinch you know, and yeah. several other managers were former catchers. You know, that seems to be a big thing. You know, like Jason Veritek, he's a, a coach, but he's probably going to end up being a manager at some point. And, you know, because they know how to orchestrate that, that game calling and they have that in their heads. So if I'm looking at it, more of the black players tend to be the athletic positions. That's how it is. You know, outfielders, you know, primarily. And, you know, so I, I, I'm thinking it's just what the direction to those of those players are becoming. So I don't know if it's because, you know, there's, you know, a lack of candidates or if it's a lack of, of you know, just their direction in the game, you know, because yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I'd have to do more research. Yeah. We have to candidates. look at some of the candidates, but I, I just find it hard to believe it is, that it is, it is. There's 30 teams and there's only two. So 28 teams. And even when you look at Latin, so the Latinos, uh, you don't see that as much. And they're, they're predominantly in this league. Now there's a, a, yeah. a ton of Latin players yeah. and yeah. you can't tell me, you know, that, they're not good coaches or wouldn't make oh, a great me. manager. Believe me, I I'd be the first one to call out the league if I if I'm aware of a problem. I'm not sure it's a problem unless I get a list of those candidates because you know, like when I when I think about it, you know, I'm thinking these super high skilled players you know, that have been throughout the league in all these, these past seasons. And I'm not, I'm not seeing anybody, you know, coming out to be a candidate in coaching. And it might be, it might be, listen, it might be something as simple as like a Ken Griffey Jr. Would he really want to manage? Right. This is what I'm what saying. Like, do? I don't, uh, so, I don't think okay, he had I, any desire whatsoever. Yeah. But uh, you know, Dave Roberts was a player. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I you can't sit but there. But he's and one say, of those oh, gritty players that you know that wasn't like a main player on a team. He's a, a role player, and those tend to be the ones that go into coaching. You know, I, like I see it. I see it a lot in NHL as well. You know, yeah. it's like those gritty players. Like Wayne Gretzky had no desire to be a coach. I mean. You know, so, you know, Mario Lemieux, like these are super talented people. And you might think, oh, well, they should. I, I'm surprised they don't manage. Well, they don't want to. Yeah. You know, the high yeah. skill aren't really the ones that want to coach. Michael Jordan, same thing in the NBA. You know, Jordan, Wilt, those guys want to be a coach? No. <laughs> it's those guys that aren't really players. <laughs> that ends up doing all the coaching and managing yeah. and stuff. And that's just generally how it is, you know, numbers guys. 
So let's talk some NHL. NHL. And we're going to talk about uh, some of the Boston Bruins rash of injuries that have uh, basically caught right here uh, heading into the to the playoffs. Ugh. And um, uh, uh, Linus Olmark now has joined several Bruins on the injury list, uh, currently with Pasternak, Lindholm, and Carlo all being out currently. How concerned are you? with what has happened or transpired in the last though well we keep getting told that they're close to coming back close to coming back close to coming back well every game goes by they're not coming back you know you get a little more worried um because i mean let's face it health is everything in the playoffs like in the nhl you need every all hands on deck you know especially in a season like this where you got you know, 11 teams that can really win the Stanley Cup. Like, that's 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 crazy to even think about that. So, you know, so, there is no – there's nowhere to hide, you know, coming into the playoffs, no matter who you're playing in the first round, and especially in that Eastern Conference. Yeah, you know, we'll one to eight. In a minute. Yeah, we'll discuss that. So – let me ask you this. Of the four injuries, which one would you consider more devastating at this point if they're unable to come back? Possibly. So, Allmark, Allmark since mid-March, 6-1 and one with a 94% save I know. And so I can't believe played. I'm saying Pasternak yeah. because I think they can get that with Swayman, even though he has struggled, you know, the last – couple of weeks and, and we've talked about good goaltending in the playoff right. is what you're going to need so if but, Omar is playing so well wouldn't he be a, right. a major loss right you now would for think that you would think that but after watching the third period last night swayman was awesome in that third period shaky in that second but it looked like something triggered and he caught his confidence back and you know he stopped what five breakaways in that third period shut them down Bruins just couldn't score you know so to me the more worrisome thing is Pasternak because their power play is like over the last 25 and they can't score goals and they look horrible on that power play and they just it sets the team back after that because they have such a bad power play and then it and they lose momentum so I'm going to say Pasternak because they need him in there, you know, and that's the one that worries me, you know. So, so, so let's let's discuss the playoffs because that's that what where we were going to head next. So the Easter Conference is, I mean, unreal right now. <laughs> one through eight, you just said it. So of this of these matchups today, this is where these would be. Which ones? Or which teams would you be most worrisome of? And so right now, the Panthers would face the Capitals. The Maple Leafs would face the Lightning. The Hurricanes would face the Bruins. And the Rangers would face the Penguins. And I started to break this down, my friend. And I looked at every one of them. Boston is in trouble. They need to get out of that spot. They're 0-3 versus the Hurricanes. 16 goals for Carolina, one against. They have literally been destroyed. Yes. By the, they don't even have a shot. But with the injuries, 
I think Carolina's the team to worry. I think right, Carolina. Right. Hey, look, now if the Bruins look, no, 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 listen, listen. If the Bruins, and this is a big if, if they get Pasternak, Lindholm, Carlo back, yep. I think it's Carolina that's in trouble. First of all, they haven't played the Bruins when they had Lindholm. Okay. So, and I know, look, I know Carolina has owned them this year. Owned. But, yes. Owned. yes but. Are we not mistaken about Frederick Anderson, the goaltender, who is horrible against the Bruins in the playoffs? Lights out during the season, horrible in the playoffs. I actually am more confident that the Bruins can beat them than, you know, I was, you know, a month ago. Okay. All right. What about uh, the Maple Leafs and the Lightning? That series went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. I think the Lightning are in trouble. Right? And again, we talk about Toronto and how hot they are and how well they're yeah, playing yeah, together. It goes, it goes in how T Tampa Bay has been playing. And frankly, Carolina hasn't played very well either. So, you know, so Boston is clearly injuries. Carolina is not. And I think Carolina and Tampa Bay have struggled down the stretch. Panthers, Capitals, 2-1 uh, in favor of the Panthers. But goals for... 13 goals against 12. Yeah. All tight games. That yep. one should be interesting. The only one that seemed like uh, it, it's almost a lock. The Rangers definitely own the Penguins as well. Three and one on the season, 11 goals for and four goals against. And I think to me, the Penguins are a team that was expected. Look, 16 straight trips to the, to the playoffs now. Yeah. So the model of consistency, they get there. The problem is they haven't been able to win as much as you would think. And I think the Rangers team, honestly, this is a great game for them to just a great series for them. If this is the way it falls, that I feel like it'd be an easier matchup for them because they know they yeah. can be. And Pittsburgh, they're starting to question Jari. They, you know, they're, they're questioning whether or not he is going to be the guy for the playoffs. And when you're team, already starting to question it, sucker shot him. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Right. Maybe that—that's what rattled him off, man. It messed him up. But I listen. I would be concerned if I was a Bruins fan. I—I I, I understand oh, where you're coming you from, but to. you it can't tell me concerned. deep down in your mind you start to look at. I've we've scored one goal against this team in three tries. I know that. I know. That's where I would start to to question it. But just when I was writing down this list and I saw this come through, and I'm going, this is insanity. Yeah, like, like, this, like who is crazy? Look, it's it's clear. Like, who do you want to play in that first yeah, round? None, Does it matter? There isn't an easy like, one at all. But like, even if they were to play the Caps, you know, it's like, yeah, what? Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. You know, you're gonna wish for Ovechkin to be in there? No, no. no so it doesn't really matter who you play in there. There's a reason not to want to play anybody that's in that that conference. Uh, like, look, Carolina. Oh. The only thing you can hope for is Frederick Anderson plays like he did when he was in Toronto. <laughs> so we are continuing with this hockey theme with our face-off today. And the question is, should the NHL adopt a play-in tournament similar to what the NBA is doing currently? So you'd have kind of a play-in tournament before the actual playoffs. You are first this week. 
So you get to decide which direction you'd like to go. And I will argue the opposite. Uh, you know, I will say, oh, God, I can make an argument for either way. And I know you're going to pick the argument either way I go. But I'm going to say they should go with a play in, but different from what NBA is doing. Okay, go ahead. Um, what they should do is top seven teams are in. I don't like 10 you know, then why bother having a play to have any of that? Just go with a playoff. You know, every team is in until they're eliminated, you know, so doing a play in maybe the eighth and ninth spot, play a game to get in one game because it's already hard enough to win four series to get a Stanley cup win. It okay. is too grueling to play a grueling. whole nother series. Okay. Whole nother series is too grueling. Yep. Um, so have eight and nine play and, and play one game. You get in and you're the eighth seed and you do it that way. With so what the about the series. four seed or eleven seed? What if they, they, don't, they don't they don't get in because okay. they are so out? I'm going to ask you it's a question. Close. I'm going to ask you a question. How many teams in the NHL? Uh, thirty. Thirty. Is it thirty-two? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. How many teams make the playoffs? 16. So half your half the league make the playoffs, and now you want to add additional playoff games with another no. team. So so basically no, they're not playoff point, games. 75. What how what, at what point do you just say to me, then just put them That's all in? That's what I was gonna say let, in right, the first place. It doesn't place. make sense. No, I don't I don't like play-ins. I don't like I, them. I, I would rather see it stay the way it is because yes. of the amount of yes. Players that are teams that are already getting in half you know, your league's making just, it. You know, I can understand for one reason and one reason only, and that's when it comes time for like lottery pick the draft. So one team is on the on the outs. It's generally by one point. It might even be the same amount of points. Might be the same amount you, of points. You know what? You know what? You you know what bothered me is when I started to watch the NBA playing. And I hate the seven, it. The 7-8 game, the 7-1, the eighth guy, even though the eighth team lost, then they get the they play the winner of the 9-10. Yeah, so it makes no sense. 10, but that 10 seed that lost doesn't get another shot. Like, I don't understand why the other team. It should yeah. be the two that win, and that's it. And then they just go. Yeah, but then you can't do seven and eight and then nine and ten because that's not fair either. Because nine and ten are way out. Yeah, so go seven, know? ten, and then go nine, eight. Right, and then right. the, the the two winners are in, and that's it. Why does the the right, that right. eight seed get uh, two shots at it? Yeah, so you can lose your know. first game and then go. So that that's why sense. this is all confusing to me. Um, it, it's pointless. I think if you're going to have a playing game, it would just be eight and nine play one game to get in. One game, one game. I don't want to see all these other series and stuff like that because then it is a playoff. You know, you know what I want to do? You know what I really want is a play in on draft. So all the teams that don't make it, they play. And the winner of that gets the one seed, gets the number one pick Mm. versus tanking. I don't know if I like that either. Versus tanking, though, you can that way you can't tank. Because guess what? If you if you have the worst record, doesn't guarantee you a number one pick. This is true. 
This is true. It doesn't guarantee you. Ver- so I think it would be, co- you know, in the NHL, it would be more competitive. Yeah, NBA is still not competitive. Even that. Like, you, those teams want to try to win yeah. because otherwise you don't get a number one. Right. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. We're going to go pick and roll, my friend. And I, I am excited to see. So, originally, I was going to do 42 because we've done 42 in the past. All the other 42s, Jackie. But I realized we did it last year for Jackie yeah. Robinson. So we couldn't do it again. So what we decided to do was we were going to pick some of the best NBA players of all time that either are wearing or have worn number 15 in the NBA. And that would be Vince Carter, Nikolai Jokic, Carmelo Anthony, Hal Greer, and Kemba Walker. All of them have won 15 in their career. It's our 15th episode of season two. Great players too. Some some really good players. Um, Just not a lot of championships. Not a lot of no. championships. So uh, you are first, enough. my friend, this week. So hit me with your pick and roll. Okay. So I have at number five, Vince Carter. 16.7 points, 4.3 rebounds, 3.1 assists, two-time All-NBA, mm-hmm. eight-time All-Star, any one a rookie of the year, no championships. Now, I have him last because he absolutely cannot win a championship. Everybody else can still possibly do it. Possibly. Hal Graham? No, 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 no. That that is still playing. Oh, okay. Vince Carter is still playing. He's retired, too. Okay, go ahead. Who's retired? Vince Carter's retired. Yeah. That's why. He has no chance of getting a championship. So he's last. Okay. So how great is fourth? And not to mention that his stats aren't, you know, okay. good enough. So you're going how great fourth because he can't win a championship either. No. Okay. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> fourth, I have Carmelo Anthony. Okay. Wow. Twenty-two point five points a game. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. Six point two rebounds in that two point seven assists, Mister Ball Hog. Never pass. Six All NBA, ten yep. All Stars, uh, yep. and one scoring title. The scoring title is not a surprise. It's a surprise that he only won one. Yeah. Because <laughs> he shoots more than just about everybody but Kobe. <laughs> so, but he's still playing. He still has a chance to win a, a championship, but I doubt it. He's on his last leg, and he I wouldn't be surprised if he retires this year. Assuming his season is over. So, number three, Kemba Walker. Four, I mean, 19.5 points, 3.8 rebounds, 5.3 assists, four All-Stars, one All-NBA. He's still young enough where he could get a championship if he rides on a team that has, you know, a few stars. Um, so I give him hope. I give him hope. You know, not much hope. But I give him hope. So, to be honest, I didn't even want those three players on the list. But there's nobody else that can go on the list. So, they had to be there. Um, So, I really don't have hope for any of them to win any championships. And usually when I do this pick and roll, it's based on that. Yeah, you're a championship guy. I know. Now, number two. I have the Joker. 
again, he has not won a championship, so I eliminated that. But talent-wise, he's clearly the most talented. Yep. I mean, this guy does everything. Uh, 19.7, 10.4 rebounds, 6.2 assists. And those assists, that's low because of the beginning of his career. Yep. And he has... He's almost perfected that as well. You know, uh, three-time All-NBA, and that is, you know, going to be four soon. Uh, Four-time All-Star, going to, you know, going to keep going with that one. And um, um, I can't read my writing, so I have no idea what that says. MVP. MVP. Yep, he was an MVP. So, you know, and I think, I think, He's got a good shot at winning a championship. So um, at number one, I put the guy that only had – he's the only one that had a championship on on these players. Oh, you're awesome. So Hal Greer, and let me tell you, he has 19.2 points per game, which which is spectacular. Five boards, four assists, so he did chip in there as well. Seven time All NBA, the most of all of them and a 10 time all-star tied with Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. And that one championship is what put him at number one. Okay. Well, um, when we first started before we got on the air today, you're like, we're probably going to be pretty close. We're not close. We're not close at all. <laughs> we did not. You have Joker at number one. We don't see this at all. This and if you so, don't have Joker at number one, I don't know what you're talking about. At five, I put Kemba Walker, 19 and a half. You said the numbers. I'm going to go uh, again. Four All-Stars, one All-NBA. No, I can see that. I So I was eh, – I, he didn't really impress me. At number four, no. I, had, I had Vince Carter. Yeah, okay. So we're, okay. we're right so on the ball. 16, 16.7, right? We talk about the highlights. Eight, yep. eight All-Stars. The rookie of the year, two All NBAs, which surprised me. Only two All NBAs for Vince Carter in his career. At three, I had Hal Greer. That's surprising. And uh, it, it was more based on the the scoring factor for Carmelo. So Carmelo, I had at two, just because he averages more points than anybody. <clears throat> and the impressive part is he's still playing today, and he's not averaging a good amount of points now. So you think about what his average probably was before this last couple of years. Um, so 22 and a half points. I think he was a 25 point before, you know, these, these last yeah, couple of years. That's about what it was. And then t- 10 all-stars, you know what I mean? Again, the scoring. Yeah, he's, a, he's a good player. Yeah. And then I went Jokic at one. Yeah. And, and double I totally double. get that. Like, he's I think he's a better double player double. of yeah. all of them. Yeah. He's averaging a double, double. Again, you think about the amount of time he's played, he's going to continue to just. Absolutely. Perfect grow and he's already had an MVP which none of these guys had so the I'm a little shocked that you didn't have Greer at least number at, two who I was I was bouncing back and forth and I just the point thing really started away on me because I started to look at it and I said he's still playing and then yeah. I looked at because I thought about it Vince Carter played a long time and yeah. I think that ended up hurting him because look at his points per game went way down because he's yeah. not a 16.7 that guy used to average 25 as well but because I went, he played so long, I went basically by championships like I normally do. Like you, normally do. you stay, you stay with your roots, man. That's your roots. I give it to you. you. Know, and and basically, I went in order of when they're going to retire. Yeah, 
I'm I'm more of a, you're you're more the championships. I'm more about all the other meat and potatoes. I like the the stew to have a lot of meat and potatoes, carrots, and because Joe the meat and potatoes are important, but yeah. but you know when you're talking guys that have played long careers and they haven't won anything, to me that's the telltale sign of where you are. You know, like I would not put Westbrook above above players that have championships. I wouldn't put Harden above players that have championships. You know, it, it's just that's that's how I feel. Yeah. You know, and in this case, I'm looking at these players. I don't think Carmelo Anthony will win a championship. I don't think Kemba Walker will win a championship. You know, and obviously Vince Carter can't. You know, um, I think out of all the current players that are on that list, I think Jokic is the only one that can win a championship, and I don't know if he's going to. No, and again, don't know. That one, they still one need another player. Yeah, when we talk about health, you think about what he's doing. Well, two of these key guys, if they had them, how how yeah. scary would Denver be? Because they're pretty good right. now, and they would have been so much better with uh, you know having Absolutely. Murray and, and Porter. So, and this is the year to do it because right now, you know, you're only looking at a couple of teams that can really have a shot that is ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, great pick and roll, my friend. But we are on, we are on to predictions, Ugh. and uh, we're gonna bring that that chart up because I, I have to. And I, I, I really want to see you in that Canadian's hat. So I'm starting to make my move now. Uh, I went six and three last week. You went three and six. Uh, so we broke the tie. I'm over you now. Uh, oh, and we've got, we've got, we've got a, a long way to go. I mean, we've got a long way to go. But uh, if, you, if you're watching now and you want to join in on any of these, let us know. We can add yes. you to the list. Yeah. Look, I'm calling you out. Snossages, get in on this. You know, Valkyrie. Uh, Kenny, get your picks in. Yeah, you only Kenny, have Kenny. 10 games picked. Yeah. Jeez. All right, my friend. So we've got we've got some predictions here. And uh, as we normally do, we'll flip-flop. So you're first this week. You get to go first, which is great That's for you because you get to pick the Bruins game. So 416, Pittsburgh at Boston. Wait, what's the date today? Uh, to 15th. They're playing tomorrow night at the Boston Bruins. So TD Bank. The oh garden. God. All right. I, you know Pittsburgh. what? I'm going Boston. All right. I already. I already and circled all is, mine. I circled all mine. But I. I want to let you know why. First of all, I think they're going to get at least one guy back. <laughs> you are such a homer. I love you. And, and I think it's I love you, be man. Because you stick by those. Bur- Look. The they're Bruins always against Carolina, but they should the Carolina time. Should the most. I, I, I they, they lost three games in a row for the first time this season. Okay. The last team to do it. They are not losing four in a row. Love they it. are winning that game. Love it. So I already circled all mine. So I'm going to tell you right now, I, I picked Boston. You went Pittsburgh. No, I went Boston. Oh, I feel on. like they are going to make a statement now to say, look, we're still in this. Because people are going to start to doubt them. And this is going to be the game right now. So we both agreed on that one. 416, we got the Carolina Hurricanes at the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I went Avalanche. They are just so strong at home. I think they only have four losses all season. I cannot see them. They're going to want to prove a point that they're the toughest team when it's this East-West thing right now. 
this is a big game for the Avalanche, and they don't lose at home. No, I agree. Avalanche going Colorado. All right, so we got another hockey NHL: Toronto Maple Leafs at the Tampa Bay Lightning on four twenty-one. So April twenty-first. What do you got, Ron? I'm going Toronto. Look, Toronto. I got Call you. Call I got you. They went on oh, a streak. Look, I feel if Toronto wins the Stanley Cup, I should get the credit for it. <laughs> you, you know what? You should at least they should bring the trophy to your house. It should be on Sports Unfolded. Right. They have right? the cup. You know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. So, so far, listen, your hockey knowledge, impeccable. I say it every time. You're my hockey guru. You've taught me so much. And obviously because I picked Toronto as well. Oh, all so the we, NHL were all the same. We, See, I can't game when I and my forte because you go with what I go. You, you're teaching me too much. Maybe you're giving up too many of your secrets. Hey, it's what I do. So we've got two games tonight in the NBA. But, hey, how about people uh, putting in your picks? Yeah, no picks. Nothing coming through. Two games playing games to get to the NBA, that eighth seed. First game, Atlanta Hawks at the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, I really want Cleveland to do it. I want Cleveland. Is this mine or yours? This is mine. Oh, yeah, this is yours. This is mine. I agree with you. I feel I, I want to see Cleveland do it. I like this kid Garland. I think he's it, and they got those those big men, even though they're injured injured right now. Allen may play. I still think the Hawks. I mean, what they did last year, and they just they kind of snoozed through the season, and I think the alarm went off. Now all of a sudden, and they're like, "Oh, we got to play." I yes, think Atlanta yes. wins this game. I do too. I do too. I don't want to see I'd it. I see Cleveland. I agree with you because I just feel like it'd be a nice story, but. Yeah, I don't think I think it ends today. I wanted love to get some love. Yay. What about the New Orleans Pelicans at the uh, Los Angeles Clippers? Obviously now status of Paul George. He will not play. Uh, he uh, tested positive for COVID, so he will not, not be available for the Clippers. But he hasn't been there all season. So, you know, he's missed 50-plus games. No Kawhi Leonard. He's missed the entire season. And yet they're in the playoffs. They're, they're fighting. They're, they're scrapping. Who are you going with? I'm gonna go to the Clippers. You are going to Clippers. I, I, I don't. I don't know if either team is good enough to yeah. even be in the playoffs. To be honest, I went Pelicans. I just feel like uh, I don't get look, so much in that. They need to change the name. Like I can't see. Oh, and the Pelicans are in the playoffs. Yeah, like really, Pelican. I don't know. I don't know, buddy. April 15th, so today starts the series. The Tampa Bay Rays at the Chicago White Sox. I'm going Chicago. Going Chicago. So after our Major League Baseball preview show, if you didn't watch, tune into that. Check that out on Rhode Island Broadcasting. Great show. Three-plus hours. But we broke down every team. and I, I still think the White Sox are the better team. I really do. After what we said, and yet, you know, Tampa Tampa Bay is still playing good, some good baseball. But I, I went Chicago as well. Atlanta Braves for eight, this is April eighteenth started series three game series. Atlanta Braves at the Los Angeles Dodgers. So when we're doing our baseball picks, we're picking for the series who wins the series. Um, I went with a little revenge for my man Freddie Friedman. Less pressure because he's at home. He's not going to have to worry about the crowd booing him. 
he's going to have a great series because he's going to want to show the Braves what they gave up, and the Dodgers win that win this uh, these three game series. I'm going to go Atlanta. Hey, all right, buddy. I am not picking LA. There's no way. There's no chance of me picking LA. Oh, so I'll, every week I just got to put LA in, and then I know I can win that one regardless. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that every week. Uh, April 16th, tomorrow. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> That's why tomorrow, you always put Boston in there. Yeah, I do. I try to throw one in there every time. Tomorrow night, the USFL comes back. The fencing and- league? The, uh, that's the other no the other usf <laughs> fencing league yes um touche hey on guard new jersey generals at the birmingham stallions um i've not followed a lot of usfls uh till i get when the games start i'll probably check it out tomorrow and see how it looks but uh i went new jersey because it's it's more local to me New Jersey Generals. They're closer than they are. Birmingham's. Yes, but Birmingham has the Italian Stallions. Hey. So I'm going with Rocky Balboa and the Birmingham Stallions to beat the New Jersey Generals. If I lose all three of the games that we pick differently, we're back to a tie. You know it's going to happen. Yeah, it's probably going to be a tie. Uh, So once again, want to thank you for watching. Uh, if you like what you're seeing, check us out every Friday night as we are live. We're fan interactive. We've had a ton of people chime in today. Snossages joined us, Valkyrie, Manny, Kenny. Appreciate you all joining us tonight. Check us out on social media at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter, at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. Don't have time to watch, listen to us on our podcast on Amazon, Anchor, Google, Spotify, and now tune in. If you'd like to sponsor the show, ribroadcasting.media at gmail.com. We are looking for sponsors so we can have thousands of eyes on your business and help us continue to grow and do even more. If you'd like to join our Discord, that's up there right now. Check us out on Discord. We post all of our, our polls. All of our rankings are all on there. If you'd like to check out all the shows that are on Rhode Island Broadcasting, join the Discord there, and you can get all the great Shows, movies that Rhode Island Broadcasting is putting out. So much to do with Rhode Island Broadcasting. If you're in Southeast Connecticut, SEC TV, Public Access Channel 12, we're on every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Check us out. It's a repeat of our Friday show. And if you enjoy what you're watching and you're watching it right now, check us out on Fridays at 6 p.m. You'd be able to chime in as well. So many different things that we've got going on with Rhode Island Broadcasting. So really excited about it. Normally how we end our show, my friend, we do our final thought. And our final thought doesn't necessarily have to be about anything sports related. It could be about anything going on in the world today. You are first this week with your final thought. So proceed. All right. So my final thought is probably going to be similar to what Eric's is. It is Jackie's day, obviously. Um, look, he meant more to just people in baseball. Like I see it over and over and over again. I've seen a lot of those interviews with, with famous people and not necessarily, you know, sports related, but I've seen Billie Jean King make the connection 
and what she does in her life. And, you know, it made the crossover in baseball so big, so big that it, it spanned in other sports. I mean, you look at the history of the NBA it was not pretty, it was not pretty. You look at the history of the NHL, not pretty. You look at the current situation of the NFL, not pretty. But I compare Jackie to, you know, to every icon in anything because of the history that it made in movies. You, you see it through that. Like, there's no Denzel if there's no Jackie. There's no Willie O'Ree. If there's no Jackie. So, you know, there's no Michael Jordan if there's no Jackie. He is the the most responsible for the changes in so many things. It only the only comparison is probably Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks. Those are the comparisons that you can measure Jackie. He meant so much for so many people, you know, and, and believe me, I, I've, see, I've been watching sports since I was a, like four, you know, 1970. So I see the importance of, of what he meant and how it has transpired throughout every industry, every industry, music, you know, yeah. all of it. No, great. Can't, can't couldn't say it better myself, my friend. Uh, yeah, definitely one of those uh, days that you want to cherish always and think about just how he's been able to, uh, baseball has been able to integrate it as, as such an important part. Everybody wearing the 42, I think that's such a great thing to do for, for uh, Major League Baseball. Unfortunately, my final thought is about another situation that happened on this date. So today, if you're not aware, is one Boston day. And I'm going to read this because I want to make sure I say it, you know, correctly. But on April 15, 2015, it marked the beginning of a new annual Boston tradition, one Boston day. Each year, the day serves as an opportunity to celebrate the resiliency, generosity and strength demonstrated by the people of Boston and those around the world in response to the tragedy on April 15, 2013. If you're unaware of what happened on that day, April 15th, we're looking at nine years ago now, which is unbelievable to think I it's know. been that long. But the Boston Marathon bombing and what you had to see, witness, and then some of the strength that came out of it as a city. Um, and again, if you follow sports at all, the Boston Ortiz, when he came out there, and again, what he said, and it just... We weren't going to let it, them win. It lifted and, Boston. Right. Like, it, he basically put Boston on his shoulders. Yeah. And then and then with the Bruins, when they sang the national anthem, uh, the whole stadium sang the anthem. And I, I'll never – I'm getting chills right now just thinking about I it. I know. So many lives were affected. So, But there was also so many great stories that came out of it. So as much as it was a tragedy, it's a story of resiliency that, you know, we Boston don't forget. Strong. And uh, it's just amazing uh, and that it's been nine years. But I thought when I saw that one Boston day, what a great day to honor all those that were lost and all those that fought through and got through it. So um, that's my final thought. Uh, what a great what a great show, Ron. 
appreciate your time tonight, my friend. It's been great. Everybody that's joined, we appreciate all of the live viewers. Anybody that's going to watch later, check us out. All these different sites, uh, follow us, you know, and check us out because I'm telling you right now, you're not going to get any better sports talk and real sports talk. We're not getting paid by anybody. So guess what? We're, we don't, we don't, we, nobody owns us. <laughs> we don't have to worry about, we got to make sure we say the right thing for the NFL or the right thing for the NBA or the NHL. We're going to tell you how it is. Frankly, even if we were sponsored, I'm still telling you how it is. That's so. that's one. You trust me. That'll never change. But I want to thank you for your time. Check us out next Friday night, 6 p.m. Tomorrow night, or tomorrow afternoon, actually, because we're going to try to catch it before the, the playoffs actually start. We're doing our NBA preview show with Kenny. So can't wait for that as well. Let's see who, who we feel is going to come out as the NBA champion. Uh, so tune in tomorrow to Rhode Island Broadcasting Sports Unfolded for that. And I'll see you tomorrow, Ron. All right, fans out there, peace. Have a good night.